0: Each week, Team Reba will be bringing you a roundup of real estate and mortgage news, along with information about the local Puget Sound region, highlighting some of the best and brightest entertainment options, family events, neighborhood highlights, and local business interviews, so you can feel right at home in the Pacific Northwest.
1: Welcome once again to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass of Team Reba, REMAX
2: Metro Side Hope you're all having a good weekend. This is Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage.
1: Well, aren't you so friendly today? Oh, oh my uh, goodness, you're just like super friendly listening to you. It's a
2: busy time of year and lots going on. And yeah.
1: Well, good thing that you're in a good mood instead of the other side.
2: Well, that's right. That's, that's a positive. Right. Yeah. Just don't look, talk to me on the last day of the month. Where everybody wants to close their mortgages. That's right. <laughs> so.
1: then, then you are definitely not so pleasant. Yeah, I mean, all people, all <laughs> but you know what? That's because you got to go get stuff done.
2: We got to get things done. Right. That's in right. fact,
1: that's. that's right. I'm, I'm kind of excited about what our show is about today because it's about getting stuff done. That's right. And getting stuff done right.
2: As efficiently as possible, I'm assuming. Yes.
1: Yeah. As correctly as possible. <laughs> And with good thought and planning. That's right. Well, okay. So I'm going to tell our listeners that uh, you, speaking of good thought and planning, yeah. I was very thrilled that you've, you know, because we talked about this on a prior show, you had put together, because you have a, a, not only are you a mortgage specialist, but you also do real estate teaching mm-hmm. meaning for people like myself you teach clock hour classes so that real estate agents can become more educated and it also goes towards our renewal periods right continuing right? education continuing education yeah, yeah. Lots, lots of organizations are required to do a CE credit kind of training mm-hmm. in different uh, industries and uh, we had mentioned that you were putting a class together that you said is based on the worst real estate agent ever <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious, and I couldn't wait to hear it. And you just recently had me and some of my team members in to yeah. audit this class for you right. before you take it out to you know the general real estate public. Thank you very
2: much for that. Well, yeah, you know, it always and it was to...
1: all about planning and doing things correctly, so right. as not to muck up your process.
2: Right. Yes, things uh, processes can definitely get mucked up, especially when there is no process. Yes. And, and unfortunately, <laughs> in the real estate industry. There's, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that going on. <laughs> yes, and, there is. Uh, you know, from the lending standpoint, when we look at a mortgage, uh, and I actually talk about this in the class a bit, we think of it as as a, as a manufacturing process. Uh, when you get to the end uh, to the closing, there's a, there's definite things that have to be included in that file mm-hmm. in that mortgage. Yes. You know, it's credit, it's income, it's analysis, it's the appraisal, it's insurance, mm-hmm. it's a title policy. All those things. All, have all to going be present. on
1: with the real estate process. Right.
2: All all crunched into it in a reasonably short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And uh, and relying on people who do not work for you to do their jobs. Yes. And and so sometimes that can be a little bit like what's the analogy, herding cats. And uh, Yes, sometimes... you know my,
1: my birth name actually means cat farmer. Cats and Meyer, my mother's birth <laughs> maiden name. And I was like, I was literally born to herd cats.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're living your, your 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 legacy. I am. Yeah, that's awesome. So maybe yeah. that's
1: why we work so well together. <laughs> could
2: be. Could very well be. Got
1: my tiny little. Yeah.
2: Bit. But I really appreciate uh, you and your team. You know, listening on the class it always helps to kind of shake things out a little bit when you when you yeah. first write a class and make sure it flows the way it's supposed to. Well, hundred yeah. percent. So so
1: part of what I was telling the ladies as we were going back to our office mm-hmm. when we completed everything was that you got the best of all worlds because you got myself with. Nearly two decades of experience Mm -hmm, and hundreds and hundreds of transactions under my belt, Mm -hmm. and then you had Nicole, who while she has a real estate degree, and has worked for a builder in the past, she she's newer in the residential space, Mm -hmm. so she has some knowledge base, but not a lot of practical experience. Sure, and then we've got Rachel, who is brand spanking new, right? Because. Yeah, and and has been through one home purchase, and she's been through our class, actually. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I thought that was really interesting that you would get those three different levels of experience because that's exactly who you'll have in a classroom with you Mm -hmm. when you teach this. So I think we had this great breadth of um, input and insight because you needed to make it simple enough that Rachel could get it, Mm -hmm. that someone like me isn't like,
2: (sighs) Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So,
1: so it was. Everyone loved it. They good. thought it was really, really useful. Oh, good. good so good, thank good. you for putting well, that glad. together. And I thank you on behalf of the industry because please go educate. There you my go. Well, colleagues. I just want to
2: thank the world's worst realtor for providing <laughs> the content for that class. You know what? I
1: keep wanting to ask you: Is he actually a realtor,
2: though? I uh, no, because I bring this up all the time. R.
1: Because that's the thing, there's a distinction. Mm. You're not supposed to say realtor unless they're actually right. a member. Okay. So there's I real estate agents, no, and then is. there's realtors. So every realtor is a real estate agent, but right. not every real estate agent is a realtor. And Correct. so, with matters. a capital R, yeah. It matters. Now, I
2: believe this person is a realtor with a capital R.
1: I want you to give me their name off air <laughs> so I can go find out. I can't do I, that.
2: I, I have to protect my sources. You know, they, there's a. Oh, sure. Know, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: All right. Not that you and I don't have enough stories that you could use them on some of these examples, but
2: yeah. Well, no, we we, we definitely, I have some cooking right now, actually, this month. Where, oh, good times. Uh, you know, where we have a transaction. It was rush, rush, rush. Let's get this thing done in two weeks. And we did. We got it all done, ready. Every, my team is, they're, they're rock stars. They're really, really good. So we got this file ready immediately. And uh, now the buyer oh, took no. a trip to uh, Texas. And uh, all of a sudden, oh, for heaven's sake, and now he's having
1: an impromptu one. Or did they impromptu. know they were going
2: and what they uh, do find a Groupon? Well, apparently I don't know. Couldn't help but, themselves. Uh, but now... Expedia sent <laughs> out
1: a notice like, oh, <laughs> the rates for that trip you want have gone down. Well, I, I get I, it while you can. I
2: think feet got cold. And well, did uh, they cancel? No, haven't canceled. Just.
1: Unavailable. Stalling.
2: Yeah, just delaying. Well, why and,
1: can't they sign in Texas? They could. Yeah, they totally could.
2: Yeah, but they don't want to. They're they're thinking about it now at this point that now that we've done the the huge fire drill to get everything done, you know, very, very quickly. Now it's like, mm, I'm not sure if I want to buy this place or not. And that happens from some, you know, at some you know, cases, people get buyer's remorse or people have second thoughts about it. Uh, but, you uh, know,
1: I, I <laughs> sort of shame on the real estate agent, though, well, because, you know, I no, I've I've I'm trying to think back in 17 years. Have I ever had somebody do that? And usually what happens is we get to that place before we draft the contract or before we Mm -hmm. send the contract because we start asking a lot of questions right right up front. Mm -hmm. And that's – you know what? So that – okay. So that leads me into – I'm going to mention for anyone who's been listening to the show before or if it's your first time listening, we teach these Washington State Housing Finance Commission classes. Mm -hmm. And in it, we go through a critical thinking process. Right. Right. Which is specifically about, because what we start asking people when they come to that class, because we know that they're already looking online. We know that they're like looking at all the fun, pretty pictures that they can find on whatever app it is. But many of them we do realize haven't truly thought about what it is they're doing. Mm -hmm. And in that class, we drill into the thought process and what things really mean to them and what buying this house will do. And you and I both know I've had enough clients, especially if they're like unmarried couples. Mm -hmm. You know, weirdly enough, some of them have broken up because because we make them really, really, really think about this most expensive thing they're about to buy. All of a sudden it gets real. It does. And we make them have these hard conversations. Right. And that makes a difference on how they buy, where they buy, if they buy, and a whole bunch of other things. Because I would rather. Yeah, and I would rather do that with them up front mm-hmm. and either not have a transaction happen and do the right thing for somebody right. than have what you're dealing with mm-hmm. right now.
2: Right, exactly. Because that's
1: that's just a load of hooey.
2: The process um, – That's a technical yeah, term. Yeah, that is hooey. It's something that we <laughs> – yeah, we, we like that word and we – we like the word depends. Uh, yes, my so.
1: favorite answer in yeah, real estate. I, right. I know I have Nicole asking me questions all the time. Like she's she's always looking for an absolute. I mean, God love her. She's on the team and she's always looking for the absolute. And I'm like, you're going to have to learn that there's a whole lot of gray area going on. There's well, just everything depends on all these other factors.
2: And, and if you don't know, gray areas are where the trouble goes to hide.
1: Yes, I love that you said that during mm. your class. Yeah. That was like the most perfect thing. I'm going to probably start saying that more regularly. And although um, all my friends with gray hair, I'm going to be like, so, mm. what you hiding? Yeah.
2: There you go. <laughs> Which That's I should right. be
1: careful because our guest has some very nice silver hair
2: well. in the room. <laughs> but enough about my client with the buyer's remorse. Yes. So let's let's tell me what's going on with the market right well, now.
1: Well, okay, but can I just mention though, yeah. I, I just talked about our class. Oh, I do want sure. to remind our listeners. We have February 29th coming up down at the Renton Chamber of Commerce in Mm -hmm. Renton from 930 to 230 is our class. Mm
2: -hmm. And this class is the official first-time homebuyer class sponsored by the Washington State Housing Finance Commission. Yes. This class is a requirement if you uh, plan on taking advantage of special financing programs such as zero down options, which you can actually get Mm -hmm. if you earn less than $145,000 per year. And uh, this program, this uh, class will also entitle you to discounted cost of PMI, private mortgage insurance, which is required when you put less than a 20% down payment. Yes. So it's a, it's a great very class. That's very key. We uh, save
1: you a lot yep, yep, of money. Yep. That's
2: right. Now, this class, there are other ones out there, first-time buyer classes available. Uh, we've somewhat taken the original PowerPoint by the state of Washington and checked it in the bin you know over the last 21 <laughs> years we've been working on this class and and we've 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 adjusted it modified it mm-hmm. of course we cover all the key topics but we try to do it in an interesting and fun way uh we have um, you know game included with the class mm-hmm. we have a lot just a ton of information that's yes. not only for soon to
1: start adding video
2: yeah and, and but not just a first time homebuyer content but also life skills you know especially oh, when totally. we get into issues like credit
1: yeah. we have families that send all of like their children yeah to our class like that yeah. it's a it's a it's a big deal we're starting we're getting to that time you and i both have done this for so long we're actually getting into the generational it is you know, know. options of this I, I know i love it like, yeah. the fact that i'm a great aunt freaks me out <laughs> every time i have to say i have to remind myself like, oh, oh a great aunt not even just aunt it Goes you fast, know? but yeah it does but it is a class that is 100 percent something um that people will walk away with tons of I, mm-hmm. I mentioned it on other classes we've had, or uh, other shows, we've had listeners to the show who have owned homes who've come to that class mm-hmm. and right. walked away going,
2: wow. I know that.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah, they learned a lot. Well, so even if it's so we in- invite you, you know, go to info at TeamReba.com or mm-hmm. to TeamRebaClasses.com, mm-hmm. and you can get more information and sign up. Right. And we highly recommend, I mean, even if you're not in the position to do this, if you know people who are thinking about this, or you've got, you know, kids or grandkids right send them this is a great class we have a premier class
2: i'm gonna say even if it's been more than about five five years or so since you purchased Mm -hmm. a home everything's changed yes and so it's good to get brought up to date with all of that yes and just get yourself all educated yes absolutely we have to take a real quick break here pay a Mm -hmm. couple bills then we're going to be right back we're going to be talking some software and software development what's that going to be all about what would you like to know stay tuned we'll be right back
0: Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. Now back to Open House with Team Reba.
2: Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage.
1: And I'm Reba Hass from Team Reba.
2: Happy Saturday, everybody. Hope you're off doing fun things today.
1: Yeah, because listening to our show, is keeping your totally
2: open to what we're going to be talking about today.
1: <laughs> yes, we're gonna. You know what? I mean, you you came from our outro, kind of like, oh, we're gonna talk about software engineering. It's like, well, yes and no. We're. I mean, we're gonna talk about it, but we're also gonna talk. Uh, you know, to what I consider a, a true expert on the subject. Mm-hmm. You know, because our industries are impacted by technology. Our local market area is being impacted by technology, and the whole world is impacted.
2: being- Impacted. It's <laughs> yeah. dominated.
1: Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, although there's some stuff that's still kind of ancient out there. I mean, I, did, I had a conversation with someone recently that was telling me some of the bundled mortgage-backed securities and stuff still go out of financial institutions on spreadsheets. Right. And I thought, that's
2: or anybody Or that's, anybody that's tried to fill out an expense report- <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, they're gonna know. They're gonna they're gonna be cursing the software industry.
1: Yeah, know. well, I I curse those anyways, right. regardless. <laughs> but it doesn't matter if that's still on hard copy or not. But um, so I know our listeners are used to us bringing in all manner of you know nonprofits, businesses, uh, you know architects, construction, designers, landscape, insurance, all this kind of thing. But, you know, so I saw a notice, I don't know, I think it's a couple of months ago. So I'm going to go ahead and introduce our guest. So I have Steve Taki, who is a principal consultant at a company called Constructs locally, which is a software development best practices firm. So, Steve, thank you so much for being here today.
3: Oh, thanks for the opportunity.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I saw you post, I think, on social media that you had just released a new book. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So I was curious because I'm, you know, I'm in the process of trying to, to put a book together myself. And my initial interest was I wanted to talk to you about like the the process, right?
3: How to publish a book. Exactly. Right. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And then the more we kind of talked about it and we met over beers and started talking about what your books were about, I'm like, I want to have this on because I think this is fascinating. Because uh, anyone who's listened to the show for a while knows that I worked in tech before I came into this industry And so I still keep a pulse on it. And in fact, even on my way to the show today, um, you know, I'm a Zillow premier agent and I was talking to my sales rep there about uh, technology I need from them to keep my team safe and to help me compete against one of my bigger competitors. It's also a local company. I don't want to get into their names, but it starts with an R. Um, You know, because they do a lot of technology around it. Right. And so I'm constantly trying to keep an eye on what's happening. And when you started showing me what your books were about, I I was just fascinated. So um, tell our listeners a little bit about the the books that you've written and um, maybe a little bit because you shared this with me and I just thought it was fantastic. And then we went off into a whole bunch of other conversation about it. So can you give us a brief synopsis, or does it take too long? Well, time?
3: I can try to put something together. Okay. I mean, um, i got to try and not come across as too negative about our industry. However, right. I've already well, said many times that we're an industry mostly of highly paid amateurs.
1: Right. Well, and your company is meant to go out and help companies fix their processes around engineering. Exactly. Right. So right. that's why I consider you like Premier, because if – other tech companies are hiring your company to come fix their problems. Clearly, you have some good answers. Yeah. 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 So, so let's start first with um, you have a premise, right, you, of the simple theory behind engineering on, on software. Right,
3: right. Um, and so there are a lot of people uh, around the planet who would uh, use the job title software engineer Mm-hmm. Without having a clue of what it actually means to be a software engineer. Now, my dad was an electrical engineer, my uh, next younger sister is an electrical engineer, and my youngest sister is a civil engineer.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And mm-hmm. so, engineering kind of runs in our family. That those, I love uh, a holiday family of nerds. gatherings. Are pretty
2: interesting. Yeah. Uh, oh, they, 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 they probably are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they can be. Yeah. yeah.
3: Um. But the term engineer actually in in many of the states in the U.S. is actually a reserve term, much like you can't Mm -hmm. call yourself a capital R realtor unless you're licensed. Right. Uh, in a number of the states in, U, in the U.S., Texas, as an example, uh, mm-hmm. you cannot call yourself an engineer without being licensed by the
2: state. Makes sense.
3: Yeah. And there're okay. educational requirements, etc. And what one of my favorite examples of uh, of being a, an engineer is mm-hmm. that you take on personal liability for the work that you do. So if the work that you do causes right. any damage to anybody, you are personally liable. For that work, I mean right. my youngest sister, the civil engineer, she designs roads and bridges,
1: right, yeah, if yeah. the bridge
3: falls down they 're going after her they 're not going after the company she works for, they're going after her. She took on personal liability for
1: yeah, because architects are like that too, aren 't they yeah,
3: um to a degree to a degree, it depends on whether or not uh the the work is um, uh, the differentiator here is uh are you exposing the unknowing public to okay. um, to to risk so if okay. it's a public building right then very definitely uh but if it's like a, a house for right example, yeah, yeah. And that's what it, i mean
1: on a, p- a public scale because you mentioned yeah. like bridges and roads and things like right so yeah, i think like high rises and things of that yeah. nature
3: and how much software uh is exposed to the uh you know the unknowing public that, right um in the the second book uh, there's a whole section of places where um Software has caused harm to people. Now, if you ever take the time to read an actual end-user license agreement, mm-hmm. they're basically saying, look.
1: We're not liable. Yeah, this is at, <laughs> yeah. at your
3: risk. If there's a problem, oh, it's yeah. your problem. It's not our problem. Yeah. And, uh, okay, but if it's a heart monitor or if it's software that's flying an airplane or uh, if it's your mm-hmm. bank. I mean, right. there, there's a huge amount of software out there. Or that, places
1: like Experian that got hacked and gave everyone's personal yeah, away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's some issues. Yeah. 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 There's stuff out there. So, okay. So you have this, you know, formula that you say should be applied. So when we're talking about the engineering, you're saying that, you know, there's, there's formulas applied in engineering, unless I'm like jumping in too soon.
3: No, no, no. Um... If one wants to use the word engineer, one should use it in a way that the engineers that are already recognized as engineers use Mm -hmm. it. And so there's an organization in the U.S. called the, the Accreditation Board of Engineering and Technology, ABET.
0: Okay.
3: So any university that wants to offer a degree program in, quote, engineering... Uh, should be ABET accredited. So there's, again, it's like capital R Realtor. Mm -hmm. An ABET accredited engineering degree has a higher standing than a uh, non-ABET accredited engineering degree. Got it. And so that's one of the organizations, at least in the U.S., that are in control of what engineering means. And so they have a paragraph-long definition uh, about using uh, science and mathematics uh, and uh, and practice to solve real-world problems economically and so what I've done is basically boiled that down to a single equation and the equation is essentially that engineering can be defined as using on the one hand theory and on another hand practice but The third hand, which we don't have, uh, is the whole idea of economics. I mean, if you're going to get a chemical engineering degree uh, or a civil engineering degree, you're forced to take classes in economics, economic decision-making. Engineering economy has been referred to as uh, the, the idea that any idiot can do with a dollar what an engineer can do with a dime.
2: OK, you're yeah, trying no, to solve the
3: problem, but solve it in a cost effective way. Right. And so how could you say that you're engineering if you're not basing your decisions on the
2: economics, which is really book number one right. that came out in 2005, Return on Software. So how do you okay. so when when you're talking about economics, you're talking about the are you talking about the amount of time that goes into developing, let's say, successful software? Or are you talking about the the ultimate, you know result that that software will achieve?
3: Well, it's both because it comes down to essentially, uh, um, you know, uh, a cost benefit analysis, mm-hmm. rate of return, mm-hmm. sure, right. um, which depends not only on how much you had to spend to get there, but how much you got back in return for mm-hmm. that.
1: Right. And that okay. used to be the argument when I was in tech all the time. And that's how at one point I sold a JDBC driver to SQL server at Microsoft because They wanted to say, oh, well, we have all these great developers and we can do this ourselves. And I said, well, you know, my company has been here 20 years and we've spent all this much money and we've done this much testing and we have all of these things available. You would have to scale out and put this many resources. And it was one of those like for the minimal licensing fee we're going to give you on this. Why in the world? other than ego (laughs)
2: would
1: you you go the other direction right and and we did successfully do that at the time and it was uh, and it was useful because it was valuable on both sides because we needed to have that because jdbc at the time was new and we had people who were popping up all over just like you know one two software you know designer type people just all over i mean half the time we'd look at what the address was of a, a company quote air quote company And it was like some dude's house, you know, out in the sticks with his kids toys in the yard and stuff. And you're like, oh yeah, that, that looks valid. And then, you know, we're looking at the company I worked for that had a storied history of, you know, building these things correctly. And I see that all the time. In fact, that was one of the things that drove me nuts working in tech was you could take one problem and make a thousand solutions for it. But most of them were very inelegant. And
3: uneconomical. An yes. Mm-hmm. Right. And Better.
1: so I mean, really to me, like when I started hearing about what your book was about and the books, I thought oh my gosh, this is oh. <laughs>
3: Here like, comes the Calvary uh, to yeah, save the day. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Oh my hopes. goodness, why
1: why wouldn't everybody read these? And that was that was like the next part of the conversation for me with you was, well, who is getting access to these books and how are they being presented and sold? Right.
3: Well, I mean, the books are available on Amazon.com, but in terms of how they're being marketed, it's kind of just by word of mouth at this point.
1: Right. And so, I mean, the companies that Constructs works with, right, are they people who would have, like, their staff read this kind of stuff?
3: Um, today, mm-hmm. that's the goal. Uh, and some companies have bought copies either for mm-hmm. their library or for the individual's. Um, But if you kind of read between the lines between Mm -hmm. both of the books, I mean, the the first book, the economics book, is actually written as a university textbook.
1: Okay, because they Um, they seemed like textbooks to me. Yeah. I mean, and they're of the size of a typical (laughs) software (laughs) book. But, you know, but they're also actually a fairly easy read as you start to go through. I mean, Uh yes, they get into complexities. But it's an easy read. So I want to get into more of that when we get back on after the break. And I'm sure my economics guy over here is going to have more questions about what this does to help benefit companies who, who implement these kinds of systems, right? So we're going to be right back with more at Open House with Team Reba with Steve Talkie from Constructs.
0: Open House with Team Reba on AM 1580, The answer. Back to Open House with Team Reba.
1: Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass of Team Reba, ReMax Metro East Side, and
2: I'm Eric Ostnas from HomeBridge Financial Home Mortgage. And we've got Steve Taki with us from Constructs Software Development. And uh, Steve, uh, knock knock, <laughs> who's there? <laughs> oh, no, Oh, no, <laughs> Java java who (laughs) that's my joke (laughs) you know it's that big long pause yeah Yeah, because you were trying to come up with something (laughs) what can i say (laughs) so no i oh my gosh i guess my 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 point is there i have software on my laptop sitting in front of me that i hate with a passion uh, (laughs) because it because it doesn't work right you know or it works one way one time and a different way another time and you know when i can 't go back i gotta I gotta start all over from the from the beginning you know where it should just have a button that says take me back to the last place and and I imagine that's that's kind of something that might fall under your realm is figuring out ways to avoid you know those frustrations so that so that the worker can work more efficiently more economically right and-
3: yeah and I just sort of to tie this back actually into the real estate topic i've, I've been building code for other people since nineteen seventy seven but one of the most uh, eye-opening experiences in my whole entire career, I used to work at Boeing, mm-hmm. and then I left Boeing to go work uh, for a company called Rockwell Collins in Cedar mm-hmm. Rapids, Iowa. Mm-hmm. Real estate house price differences essentially meant that I had to custom build a house in Iowa. Mm-hmm. then. The, The normal cost of a house was less than what I had sold Mm -hmm. the house here for. Sure. Oh, yeah. I didn't want to get stuck with capital gains. And so Mm -hmm. the only way to do that was to build a custom house. house. Yeah. yeah, And it was a really nice house. Yeah. Uh, But my point was that um, in my career of building very expensive things for other people using their money, Mm -hmm. now I'm on the other side of the fence. That now somebody else is building something very expensive for me using Mm -hmm. my money. And I want to make sure they get it right. And so the, the tie-in to software is quite mm-hmm. often the people that are building the software that you're saddled with using are not the people who use it. If these people had to yes. use this code
1: oh my gosh, on yes. a daily
3: basis, it would not be the mess that it is. Yeah, yeah. When, yeah.
1: when I first um, – and I love Remax uh, for a number of reasons, but I will tell you when I first joined their organization in 2003, you could tell – like they had their CRM and other backend you know systems that we were supposed to use, and I thought, well, no wonder not enough of the agents are utilizing their technology because it was junk. you could yeah. tell it was made by developers for developers and not for the end user and you know that's one of the things in fact I think this is great actually I, I'm kind of glad you're here uh, because I just had a conversation earlier this week where my marketing manager, Is asking to shift his schedule because he wants to take a UX class, Mm -hmm. you know, a user experience class, and part of the reason some of these real estate websites or real estate related websites are beating out the traditional vendors out there like Remax, although much of that is changing, um, it's because they're really good at building that user experience. Doesn't mean they're necessarily changing, you know, the what happens actually in the transaction. Right, right. But they're doing this user experience where people feel like things are simple and easy. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, like the people who come to our classes, mm-hmm. they're seeing the simple pretty part so far that's like, oh yeah. But when you dive into it, you're like, yeah, oh, those people, they're still not, they're really not helping the transaction itself. Mm-hmm. They're yeah, not. well— It's all about they're just now finally figuring out, like, it's about conversion of leads and opportunity. Right. But and that's it.
3: Plugging a different book. There's a guy, I believe his name was Alan Cooper, but he wrote a book called The Inmates Are Running the Asylum.
1: Oh, I've mm-hmm. heard of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah.
3: Oh, it's a classic book. It's uh if you let developers define user interfaces, you get user interfaces that are really easy to build mm-hmm. but a pain to use. Right. Yeah. Now, if you let a user experience expert define a user interface, mm-hmm. it's a usable interface. But boy, is it a pain for the developers to yeah, sure <laughs> Maybe that's
1: why no one ever hires me as a consultant, because <laughs> yeah. yeah. I went on You're for far years. Too expensive. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, well, so that again was my conversation with um, Zillow today because one of the concerns that we have in our industry is safety because mm-hmm. we're being asked to answer a click to show button, and I have to send myself or my other licensee out into the world to meet a random person. And we actually just got into an argument with a woman. This has all happened since you and I had our beers. Right. We got in an argument with a woman over text because we asked her to send us a simple, just like, can you send us a, like a photo ID of some sort to prove mm-hmm. who you are? And we could see who you are. And we know that your name matches the stuff. And she she started to claim that she worked in security, you know, technology <laughs> security, and said, no, I'm not going to send that to you. Then she threatened to try and turn me into the realtor's organization for some kind of stupid ethics violation. I'm like, that's, this doesn't fall under right, that. Right. Um, and then we went and we said, okay, well, that's fine. Let's find an alternate for you. That's fine. We can meet you in person. We went through all these other iterations of trying to find a way that would make her comfortable. And then she went to slant, you know, like we have a privacy policy, but we don't always send it out when someone just asks to go see a property. Like we'll share it with them when we are handing over a booklet of our, you know, how to work with us stuff. And so we went through this whole thing. So we're re-looking at our processes. But I thought, you know, Zillow has agents who pay for their service all over in Canada and the United States. And we all work for different kinds of companies. And so I went to my other competitor because we started doing the photo ID on purpose because we were mimicking what another firm did. Because they also have the click to show button. And some of my old clients thinking I was too busy didn't call me instead and did that. And then, you know, things change. Well, so we went, we do, hey, I do, you know, espionage on my competition. Duh, (laughs) who should, you know, why not? And so we went and we saw that they had changed their process. And now they're doing this um, phone verification, authentication piece. And so we were like, okay, so I'm having a conversation earlier this week with my Zillow rep saying, I would like to request and I want you to take it to management. I need you guys to add this. Because there's no way you can ask every brokerage that does business with you to do it themselves, but you guys, if you're going to have us doing this, then I'm going to ask you to keep us safe. Because there's there's been just in the last couple of weeks another high profile death of a real estate agent, and it happens all the time. We either get attacked because we've mentioned this before that um, when Eric and I are teaching our class, I've started asking the people in the room how much do you think the average real estate agent makes? And I'll say, I'll start off. I said, do you think we all make over six figure? No. And every hand goes up in the room. They believe that every real estate agent makes a hundred K or more. And the truth of the matter is nationally, it's $46,000 a year before expenses. And so, you know, there, these people are told to, you know, look like you're successful, do glamour photos, do all these, drive a fancy car even if you can't afford it, which, you know, I've never bought into any of that baloney. But it's it's frustrating because that's why we get targeted because people think that we have all these, you know, unlimited resources available to us. And so I'm having a very serious conversation with an organization saying, you're not even thinking about my safety and I need you to because you're creating a monster of sending people out to meet total strangers so
2: Steve, right. from a from a development standpoint, how would you fit into that like that something a problem like that
3: well i think there's there 's two ways I mean uh, fundamentally it, it comes down to the ethics. Is it really ethical to be exposing agents that way and mm-hmm. it 's really not, but getting back to the economics i mean how expensive is it going to be to put in some facility which right. does this. And it's not going to be cheap by any stretch, but now on the other hand, if you don't put it in, you, the company, are now exposing yourself to a liability suit. Exactly. If something bad does happen Precisely. Right, now what's the and, cost and of it? And possibly
1: the... losing customers because people feel unsafe and are like, right. No, I'm not going to do that.
3: Yeah, and this this is where the economic analysis comes in. Is it mm-hmm. In our best interest to do this or to do something else, right? And if uh, I mean, it seems to me fairly much a no-brainer that when you're dealing with the kind of money that would be involved in a liability suit, that said, no, let's jump on this one as quickly as possible.
2: Right. So, Steve, with your company with constructs, then I'm, I'm looking at your website and I see that you you do a, a whole bunch of different things: there's software development assessments, design and code evaluations. Mm-hmm. Uh, scrum tune-up, whatever that is. Uh, so, <laughs> that sounds uh, like a fishing it thing t- for like you, a, like a rugby match or something. <laughs> yeah. But, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, but um so, so how do you how do you approach that? What, uh, tell me how how that works when you're when you're dealing with businesses.
3: Well, uh, the, the Scrum tune-up specifically,
2: or no, just, no, no, no. just just in just general, like all the services. Uh, a company yeah. calls you up, or you, you're working with a company, and they're like, ah, we got problems with you know our software, and we mm-hmm. have this problem, mm-hmm. we have that problem. Uh, you have a team that goes in, or how do you? It's, start start that process. It,
3: it's usually an individual. Okay. I mean, a, a lot of organizations do know what their problems are. In fact, it's uh, every company, every software organization does like to think that they're unique, and to some extent, they are unique, but uh, there are some really, really generic problems that are involved here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Such as? High up on the list, number one is uh, vague, ambiguous, incomplete requirements. The people that are telling you about mm-hmm. what software they want you to write, have not really thought it out themselves. I so see. they're not very clear about what they want. And insofar as your code is supposed to provide them that service that they want, if they're not mm. clear about that, then your code has to be equally unclear. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So problem number one far and away is is uh, crappy requirements. Uh, problem number two.
1: <laughs> Technical term. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. Well, no, what was the term you used earlier?
1: Yeah, but of hooey or something yeah, else. Yeah, 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 hooey
3: requirements. Yeah. <laughs> hooey in, hooey out. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: Uh, we have a fair amount of uh, problems in the industry with uh, basically project management. How do we estimate the project? How do we track sure. the project? Yeah. How do we make sure the project is proceeding on time? Uh, we have a lot of problems with people not paying attention to quality. I mean, the industry seems to operate under this. A uh, mistaken notion that you can test the quality into the code after you've written it. And no, that's, right. you know, the, the horse has already left that barn. There's nothing you're going to do that's going to get the quality in at that point. And so a lot of what we're dealing with are ways of uh, it, making sure that the quality is there before the code is actually written quality and requirements, quality well, okay. and
1: design. And I love that because, you know, Eric and I, we're always talking about what's our end goal and then how do we back into that. Mm -hmm. Right. Like Mm -hmm. go like back into every little step that's part of it. And then I know in my team, we're constantly iterating the process. If we find something, we fix it, Um, you know, because we try and do the best we can to examine and think of all the things that could happen. But Frequently, you know, there's there's always that like, oh God, I never saw that coming, mm-hmm. you know. But for the most part, we have like the base base requirements. But I know we've got more that we can talk about mm-hmm. as we get into the next and uh, final segment of this. You never thought this would be so exciting, That's did you? Right.
2: So we're gonna take a quick break. If you've got to tune up your Scrum, go off and get that <laughs> thing taken, taken care of. We're gonna be right back. More open house
0: with Team Rebus. Do Stay they have tuned.
1: wipes for that? <laughs> we'll find out.
0: Open house with. Team Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba.
2: Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial. And Team Reba.
1: Oh, actually, Reba has Team from Reba. Team Reba. Oh, my gosh, I was the one who screwed it up this time. <laughs> Usually it's you.
2: <laughs> that, this is a rare day. I'm going to go out and buy a lotto ticket.
1: I know you should. Because yeah, I have, good. I you've only, well, we're mostly both saying the right. How do you, is it constructs or Construct. How do you guys pronounce well, it? Well,
3: most of us call it Constructs, okay. but there are a couple of people in the company that do call it Constructs. And okay. And so it,
1: Well, they're just wrong. Uh, I don't
3: know. It does it matter.
1: Yeah. So, you know, we have, uh, again, for our listeners, we have Steve Taki, who's a principal consultant at Constructs. And again, thank you very much for being here today. We really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for the opportunity. Yeah. yeah. So if anyone's gone and cleaned out their scrum or whatever you said that was, and now we're back... Um, so I'm, I'm so curious, Eric, what other kinds of questions do you have? Cause I had a chance to ask Steve a lot of questions, but right. this is a chance where we both get to interview somebody. And I just, I love, cause you have that economics background and I thought you would really give him what the simple formula is that he's got about all this. I figured you'd just be like all
2: on it. Well, I, I, I am very intrigued by that just in how you can go about analyzing such a complex, you know, subject and and put it down i mean do you have a a mathematical formula Mm -hmm. or you're going to go into a company you're you're looking at new software you know some some type of a a project and you have to determine as as you mentioned what's my return on investment for this Mm -hmm. for this Mm -hmm. project
3: well i mean it's it's um interesting that there's actually again a real estate tie-in there with the Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. house in iowa um the way most organizations develop software today because they're not approaching it from the d- direction it needs to be approached. It's a very chaotic process. Mm-hmm. How long is it going to take us to do this?
1: Right. Uh, I how don't many know. man hours? Yeah,
3: it, it'll be done when it's done. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, when I was, um, again, in Iowa and having to custom build the house, the mm-hmm. target was I need to spend this much money mm-hmm. to avoid capital gains. And mm-hmm. so now the obvious question is how big of the house do I need in order to mm-hmm spend this amount of money. Right. And Which that,
1: that's a different problem today. Capital gains is treated completely different than, 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 than that particular right, time. For your analogy. Just, yeah, but for your analogy, I totally get it. I just want to make our listeners know, like, that's yeah. not how it works today.
3: Right. <laughs> so I was talking with a with a building contractor, and he said, oh, that's easy, $95 a square foot. Mm-hmm. Now, some of the square feet in the house cost more than that, and some of the right. you know, right. costs less than yeah, that. Yeah, on average, because
1: kitchens and bathrooms always are more yeah, than just bedrooms and, and, and I think space. It, at
3: that time, so many years ago, it ended up being $120 per square foot main floor mm-hmm. and uh, like $65 for a uh, square foot off main floor. But if you mm-hmm. average that out, it ends right. up being the 95 over over the, the whole house. Um, but then that's based on having a blueprint for the house. How many right. square feet mm-hmm. right. is in this what house? What features? Mm-hmm.
1: What kinds of upgrades and or you know? Which is a great lead-in
3: to the second book, which is literally blueprinting software.
2: Okay. Yeah.
3: You want software that does X? Well, mm-hmm. independent of the um, technology um, that's going to be used. There's the business, if I could call it a vex. Mm-hmm. there's a set of policies that need to be enforced. Sure, like
2: sure.
3: if you're a bank, what does it mean to be a bank customer? What does it mean to be a bank account? Can mm-hmm. a customer not have an account? Can an account not have a customer? These are all policies that the software that needs to be built needs to enforce. Sure, the job sure, of the software yeah. is to enforce this policy. And there are processes that the software is supposed to carry out. What does it uh, mean to put money into an account? What does it mean to take money out? What does it mean to move money from one account to another? Mm -hmm. And so the second book is really focused on an idea of a blueprinting language for policies and processes so that – Again, before the house was built, I wanted to make darn sure that this is the house that I want to pay this much money for. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure, and sure. so there were a lot of hours spent poring over these engineering drawings of the house to say, okay, yeah, 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 I like that. Can we make this room a little bit bigger? Can we move this mm-hmm. here? Because it's very expensive to change the house after it's been built. Right, but right. it's really cheap. To change the house before it's been built. Sure. Yes. Exactly the same thing happens in Mm -hmm. software. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. I love it. You have all these schematics in here that are showing some of the things that you're describing right now. I love it.
3: Yeah. They're just policy and process drawings. They're
2: not... So you're giving, you're giving basically an architecture that says if you follow this, this plan, you'll you'll be more efficient with your software development. You'll be more economical. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. Got it.
3: Yeah, one of the things that the industry as a whole doesn't understand is that there's a very important measure that you should be measuring on your projects. If you only measure one thing, the thing that you should be measuring is something called rework, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Out of 100 labor hours that your people are spending, how many of those labor hours are fixing things that got broken earlier? And we've actually measured rework in five different organizations around the planet. And
2: when we measured rework, it averaged 61%. Holy cow. I know. Isn't well, that shocking? I, 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 I think I heard somewhere that you know that rework or debugging is kind of the analogy is you're you're the detective in a crime drama, but you're also the murderer. Oh, exactly. No, <laughs> yeah. Oh <my> gosh.
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well it's accurate, but ouch.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean the joke is that the typical way of developing software today is to start with a blank screen. Now that's obviously wrong. Mm-hmm. Debug it.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> and so you're debugging from day one. Oh yeah. What what, what is your target? What what does right mean? Mm-hmm. And if we can come up with a drawing that expresses what right means and get an agreement between the people for whom the software is being built and the people that are building the software about what right means, Mm -hmm. then you cut down immensely on the amount of rework. Now, I have to admit that we weren't measuring rework, but on several of the projects that we've done this way, uh, that if I had to estimate rework, I'd say it's easily under 10%. Interesting.
2: Mouse. What's your what's your your greatest success story with some of the clients that you've worked with?
3: Well, in terms of um, saving the money or sure. size of system built, or uh, I mean, I'd
2: say maybe a couple examples, but I'm thinking in in terms of saving money, you know, most. Well,
1: I, yeah, I, I want to hear that, and then also like, how should organizations get these books so that they can do mm-hmm. that? Yeah, well, <laughs> get that for sure.
3: Well, <laughs> how you get the book? is just go to Amazon.com, right? And but, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, but. I kind of I feel like there's almost like a groundswell of consumer support that should be like we would like for you to all start (laughs) using this, please. Well, because I want to, you know, one of my goals is to have people hear this, and if you know, hey, if you're working at one of these tech firms, Mm -hmm. check these out. Check out your company, but check out the books for certain, right? And then if you're in the educational environment, then absolutely, please. Or if you're someone who's looking to get into this please come and read these books. Mm -hmm. But yeah, go ahead and answer Eric's question though.
3: So without dropping names of the organization inside of which this all happened, Mm -hmm. um, basically you got a series of three projects that are all related, Mm -hmm. uh, but very, very high tech products. Mm -hmm. And as the products are being created, Uh, You want to do some testing of the products to make sure the products are being put together correctly. And so the term is automated test equipment, uh, which in this particular case is about the size of a small Toyota truck. And what Hmm. you do is you wheel this truck up next to the thing, you plug it in. And this machine exercises the thing that's being built and will tell you if it's being built correctly. Now, for various reasons in all three of these projects at the same company, essentially uh, the project team that was originally responsible for doing the projects had wasted the first half of the project. Mm. For example, you have a a two-and-a-half-year project to build this automated test equipment, um and the team is surfing the web and they're playing games and they're not mm-hmm. doing mm-hmm. software. And so halfway through the project, somebody says, Hey, how are we doing on building the software? And somebody else says, Software, software, what software? And so I get called in in a panic. Hey, we're we're in a world of hurt here. We have to do a two and a half year project in a in a year and a quarter because mm-hmm. we've essentially wasted the the first year and a quarter. And in all of these cases, we delivered early.
2: That's awesome.
3: And so the problem wow. here really boils down to that the two-and-a-half-year estimate was based on an assumption, an implicit assumption of 60% rework. Ah, got it. Really? Yeah, yeah, because this is the normal rate at which we build software. We wouldn't need to build this software. It's going to take us two-and-a-half years Wow. without right. realizing that 60% of that is rework. Definitely so, some uh,
2: areas where we can certainly improve yeah, that efficiency. Yes. And so we're essentially just cutting the rework out. Yeah. Got it. Well, love to had, have had you on today, Steve. Real pleasure. Yes, thank and you. I We're going to put your, your you. contact information, everything up on the website. Mm-hmm. And Got it. Uh, hopefully we can get you back in again figure out what that, that scrum thing is all about. Yes.
1: Constructs.com is where you can find them.
0: Thank you for listening to Open House with Team Reba. To contact us, visit Team Reba at Remax Metro East Side, on Facebook or email info at TeamReba.com. Join us again next Saturday afternoon at 2 for more Open House with Team Reba here on AM 1590. The answer. Our house, in
3: the, of street, our house.
0: the preceding program was sponsored by Team Reba of REMAX Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services.